Welcome to Tactically Acquired. Our goal is to document military-connected living history in a fun and easy environment. We will capture the stories of our active duty, guard, reservists, veterans, ROTC, and their families, sharing their stories, adventures, and journeys across the military life cycle. The podcast is for anyone interested in joining the military, has been part of the military, or wishes to learn more about military life. In addition, we want to bridge the growing military-civilian divide through education. This is unfiltered, meaning we'll go over the good, the bad, and yes, maybe even the ugly of being a military-connected individual. I'm your host, Rusty Martis, a retired Air Force Mustang and OEF veteran, and I run the Veterans Resource Station at North Kentucky University. All right, my special guest today is an NKU alumni and a veteran advocate, uh, but we'll get to that in just a second. First, just thank you for coming out on this uh, wonderful day and being part of Tactically Acquired. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate, uh, can I name drop? Yeah, absolutely. CVG for uh, yeah. doing a lot with uh, NKU and the Veteran Resource Station in particular, but appreciate you coming out. Uh, to get started, why don't you just tell us your name and uh, what branch of service you're in? I'm Jesse Neek, and I'm a U.S. Army veteran. Yes, you are. Yeah. And uh, we have a little bit of history together. A little we, bit. Uh, we've done a couple of shows together and some other things, and and uh, work with the, some nonprofits and veteran service stuff together. So this is going to be a fun and interesting show. And, and you got a lot of exciting news to share. So we appreciate you again just for coming out. Yeah. Um, to get things started, why, why the Army? Why did you choose the Army? So to be quite honest with you, the Army recruiters were the first ones to, to come meet me. Um, there's a longer story that, that goes with this that we may get to in a little bit. But uh, the summer between my junior year and senior year, I was working at Burger King in Cold Spring which has since been tore down and they put a McDonald's up. But I was working the front counter one day and two army recruiters walked in and uh, and said they were looking to talk to somebody named Jesse. And I said, well, that's me. <laughs> so we sat down, they uh, they told me that, you know, I could be uh, uh, airborne ranger infantryman. I thought, that sounds pretty cool. It does sound and, pretty cool. And went home and told my dad, who is a uh, Vietnam veteran from Marine Corps, uh, and he was all for it. And my mom said, absolutely not. <laughs> so at the time I was 17, and right. so they both needed to sign papers. But uh, yeah, we, we talked to mom for over the next couple of weeks or so, brought the recruiters in and um, you know, just, just kind of explained to her the real reason, honestly, the real reason I joined. And you know, I may be jumping ahead on questions, but um, I, the college money, the GI Bill, okay. seemed like a, a great deal. I could, you know, I could go in, I could uh, do three or four years of service and then get out and come to um, come to NKU and yeah. go to school because I, I grew up in this area. So NKU was uh, kind of always on the uh, the list of schools to go to. Awesome. Yeah. And you did a little bit more than three or four years, correct? Did you do? Did a total of eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did a couple uh, active duty tours. Uh, a couple years up in uh, Fort Richardson, Alaska. And then my most recent uh, active duty tour uh, was uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I deployed to Iraq with with the hundred first. Uh, I was in the No Slack Battalion there. Uh, and then did a little bit of time on reserves in a drill sergeant unit down in Moorhead. Yeah, all fun stuff. Yeah. So go back to basic training. Yeah. All right. So did the parents sign off and you went at 17 or did you wait until after you were 18? So my mom signed off that okay. summer between my junior and senior year. And I okay. went to Columbus to the MEP station there. Uh, and I signed a contract, but I signed a contract in the delayed entry program. Okay. So it allowed me to come home go to my senior year of school, uh, me being the young kid then thought, I'm going into the Army, so why am I taking AP English and calculus and all this stuff? All right. So I dropped all the hard classes that I had scheduled and I, I became a teacher's aide in one class. 
Uh, they were starting a school bank, so I thought that sounded cool, so yeah. I took that. Yeah. And then I took an accounting class because I was always good at math, and so I thought, hmm, that sounds fun. And then come to find out, I wanted to be an accountant. So yeah. I actually got my accounting degree at NKU. I know I'm jumping ahead a lot yeah, here, but um, yeah, that's what I ended up coming to school for here. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, like we said, you're you're an alum. What year did you graduate? Graduated in 2011. Okay. I did the... Uh, I did the non-traditional student extended version of the bachelor's. I, I started uh, started my degree in 2005, um, but I was working full-time downtown, mm-hmm. um, and so I was doing night classes and weekend classes here and there, so I did the, the six-year bachelor's plan. Well, you still beat me by twice that, so <laughs> <laughs> it took me 13 years yeah. to get my undergrad. Uh, nice. So, and I am not an NKU alum. I tell everybody that because I was one class short yeah. from graduating from NKU in a program that's no longer in existence, but that's near here and there. So, um, where'd you do your basic at? Did my basic at Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. So anyone that's been there for basic or anything else just shuddered. Anyone that's listening because uh, they know about the red clay at Fort Benning, Georgia. Gotcha. Yeah. Hot? It's hot. It's uh, sticky. Um, you're dirty all the time, and you're miserable and sweaty all the time. Nice. So, um, as part of joining into the regular army, we call it Big A, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Act duty. You went down to Fort Benning. Where'd you head after Fort Benning? So I actually stayed at Fort Benning for so basic training. I think everyone goes to some form of basic or boot camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my nine weeks of basic training there, and then we had this little kind of clap you on the back, congratulations, you're done with basic training, but you're not going anywhere because because you're an infantryman, you're going to stay here and you're going to do your advanced infantry training, which for others, they'll go usually to another uh, another base to do their, their AIT training or their job training. Okay. So I was then there at, um, at Benning for an additional, gosh, my memory's pretty bad, probably five or six weeks of AIT. I bet. And then uh, since I had signed an airborne contract at well, I didn't leave base, I Fort Benning for another four weeks because oh. then I left AIT and went straight to airborne school. So you really got to understand the red clay of Fort Benning. I, I was at Fort Benning from July the 14th of 1997 until I want to say, I think I was home by Thanksgiving. So probably November, let's call it 20th or something yeah. like that. So so a good fairly extended tour there at Fort Benning. Fort Benning. So after you left Fort Benning, was Alaska? Alaska, yeah. Came yeah. home for a couple weeks um, and then uh, flew to uh, Fort Richardson, Alaska. Flew into Anchorage. Uh, Fort Richardson is right outside. Um, December, I remember the date that I reported because it was my dad's birthday. December 17th of 1997. And uh, we, I think we flew in late in the evening and it was already dark. And the next day when I woke up, it was still dark. <laughs> And then started to realize around mid-morning is when the sun rose. So that first full day that I was in Alaska on December the 18th, I think the sunrise was around 10.30 in the morning, and the sunset was around 3.30 in the afternoon. Ain't that crazy? It was pretty wild, yeah. 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 And that's your uh, first experience for being up that far north? Yeah, for me, the furthest, until I had gone there, the furthest I'd been away from home was a church camp in West Virginia. So maybe a two- or three-hour drive. So it was... Uh, the first time I ever flew on an airplane, actually, was to go to basic training. Um, and then the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth time, uh, I jumped out of that wow. airplane. Wow. So, Ain't that crazy? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I've heard that quite that story quite a bit, honestly, by doing these podcasts and stuff. Is the first trip is usually basic train or or something yeah. along that line. Or, That's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, but not that you're the first one that said their second, fifth, fourth, whatever you said was <laughs> literally jumping out of it. Yep. So yeah. So you jumped out um, of a perfectly good aircraft. Yeah. The the first jump wasn't scary at all. Right. Uh, it was just kind of like, hey, we're doing this, right? And then uh, everything went fairly well. Um, I, I tried to perform my PLF or parachute landing fall. Um, that's supposed to be kind of balls of the feet, uh, side of your calf, hip, uh, and kind of side of your shoulder. Um, but normally it ends up being, and forgive me if I'm not allowed to cuss because you'll just hopefully beep it out, <laughs> but it normally ends up being feet ass head. Right. Um, but yeah, so it did a fairly decent PLF that first uh, jump. And then that day we were, it was a two jump day. And that's probably intentional why they do your second jump pretty quickly mm -hmm. thereafter. Uh, but yeah, once we got up in the bird and we were sitting there and realized, I'm starting to think of all the things that can go wrong. And so uh, I, was, I was really scared that second jump. Everything went fine. And then the other three were, were back on to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so that was all done at Fort Benning. I, that was all done at Fort Benning. Benning. Yeah. So once you left Fort Benning, went to Alaska, what's your job? So my job up there was an airborne infantryman. Okay. So we were, um, I, I got uh, kind of thrown in right into the, uh, right into the mix when I got up there. Uh, most folks were actually already on um, kind of block leave. I think anyone that's been in the military knows typically uh, they'll give you a block leave around Christmas time and then summertime. So kind of coinciding with, with kids in school and whatnot. Um, so a lot of folks were on block leave. Um, and so right after the first of the year, my unit came back and we were going out into the field for a 14 day exercise a couple weeks into January. So, um, got to experience, uh, working with, with my new team, uh, right away. I, I think at that time I was still an E1, so I hadn't even gotten, uh, promoted yet. And I'm, you know, out on a field problem with, uh, with my unit, but, uh, the coolest part of that first, um, field problem was jumping out of that plane into two feet of snow in Alaska. Wow. It was like landing on the biggest pillow, <laughs> um, you know, you'd ever land. It was the nice, softest landing. Um, but also with my inexperience, um, we had jumped with snowshoes. And now looking back, I know why we jumped with snowshoes. Um, I chose not to put mine on after I landed because I thought it would take longer to put them on than to actually get off the, uh, the drop zone. And about a half hour later, when I showed up at the rally point and I was the last one there, uh, my team leader had a few choice words for me I, yeah. and, uh, and explained, I, th I think now you understand why we jump with snowshoes when we do. So you receive some critical feedback immediately. Immediate critical feedback. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And never did that again. I nope. Uh, nope. Yeah. I took the time to put my snowshoes on and, and really learned to love those things. And they were, they were pretty awesome though. The skis that the army issues to you aren't, aren't that great. That's, they're basically like strapping two by fours to your feet, but the okay. snowshoes were pretty cool. They just keep you on top of the the snow and keep you from sinking in, especially when you've got about, you know, anywhere from 50 to 75 to 100 pounds on your back. Awesome. Yeah. So your Army infantry up in Alaska, jumping into snow banks, basically. Yep. Um, anything else cool up in Alaska you came across? Yeah. Like Mission-wise or non-mission-wise? Yeah. The, um, I think the one of the coolest things in, in my, my military career was that, um, I guess it was the second year I was up there, so it would have been would have been late, so yeah, it would have been late August of 98. Um, a group of Thai Rangers flew over from Thailand 
to Alaska to train with us. And now thinking about this, I, I realize why they came in August because had they come in the wintertime, coming from Thailand and the right. climate there would have been miserable for them. But they came and jumped with us in Alaska to get our U.S. jump wings. And then we turned around and flew 18 hours from Fort Richardson, Alaska to Thailand. We rigged up in flight, put on all of our, um, all of our parachutes, and we jumped into the country of Thailand. And in doing so, we, our unit, earned the uh, Thai jump wings. Yeah, that is Which really is a pretty cool, cool big kind of, yeah. uh, it's an elephant um, with some gold wings and, and a parachute. It's, it's uh, for anyone not familiar with it, if you Google uh, Thai, Thai jump wings, they're pretty sweet. That is they're awesome. They look really good on a dress uniform. Yeah, that is really, really cool. Yeah. And probably an opportunity that not many folks ever got yeah. to do their experience. So yeah. How cool. Uh, so after uh, Alaska, where are you heading? So after Alaska, um, I met a lady in Alaska. We got married, mm -hmm. uh, got out and moved uh, to Texas, which is where she was from. Um, didn't last very long. So, that was a, we'll chalk that up to a lessons learned to a young mm -hmm. Jesse. Um, and so I came home, I drove home uh, from Texas uh, back to here to Northern Kentucky, uh, born and raised in Campbell County. Um, came home and um, just went right back to work. Um, found a, a job working uh, downtown at the ADP, the payroll processing company, um, and thought I would start going to school then. Um, but then a couple months or so in, I realized, man, I really miss the Army. <laughs> um, and so I put it off a little bit. I ended up uh, meeting, meeting another, uh, another lady. Uh, we ended up getting engaged and then getting married. And through the course of that, um, we decided that I was going to, uh, to join back in the Army again. Uh, because we had gotten married, I wanted to stay close to home. Um, and thankfully, because I was prior service, uh, I was given a choice of, of where I wanted to, to serve again. So I chose Fort Campbell. It's about a four-hour drive here from northern Kentucky. Um, and I reported down to my unit at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, July the 14th of 2001. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So, um, so we all know what, what happened uh, shortly after that. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I think, you know, for me, I, I, I don't think anything is a coincidence. I think I was there for a reason. Yeah. So I, a couple of questions regarding that, just uh, for those that don't know. Since you were prior service, how hard or how difficult was it to go back in? And did you have to redo anything like boot camp? Or did you keep your same MOS and just went straight into exactly working? So I kept my same MOS. I, I signed back up to be an infantryman. I loved the life of an airborne infantryman. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to a technically airborne unit. So the 101st does have an airborne tab, but uh, we're more of an air assault unit there. So we fly around in helicopters instead of jumping out of planes. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, because I was signing back up for the same uh, the same job that I had been in, and I, my time out of service had only been um, it was right under two years. Um, so I did not have to go back to basic training or AIT or anything like that. Okay. So uh, I went to uh, the MEP station in Columbus again, signed that second contract, and they gave me, I think, two weeks and said, gave me a reporting date of, of two weeks out. And I just had to make my way from northern Kentucky down to Fort Campbell and report to my unit by that July 14th date. And did you keep your same rank and everything? Got same rank and everything, yeah. Right, nice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, was it there... Uh, that you ventured off to Army Ranger School? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, we, uh, I had, when I joined uh, my, the No Slack Battalion, 101st, 
uh, or went to a line infantry platoon. So that's just st your standard infantry, your basic infantry guys. Um, I served as the RTO uh, for uh, for the our platoon leader there, so the radio operator, um, and did a really good job there. And my platoon leader actually ended up leaving our unit shortly thereafter to take over the scout platoon for our battalion. And he asked me to come along with him. I had to do a tryout, had to do a pass a PT test, had to do some other land navigation, some other things like that, some shooting um, drills, um, and ended up going down to the, um, the scout platoon there. And one of the things when we got there is they were having a tryout for pre-ranger school. Hmm. So uh, folks may or may not know, but it is very expensive for units to send soldiers to ranger school. So you've, you've got this budget, right, in your unit, and they have to pay money for you to go. So they want to make sure that the soldiers they're sending can actually go and make it through the training uh, and not waste the money. Right. So at the 101st, they have their very own pre-ranger school. I'm, I'm certain other other units do too, or other uh, divisions, but you know, my, my experience is there. And so it was a, um, a three-week pre-ranger school, I believe, uh, that I went through. Um, and then came back from that, and unfortunately, it didn't work out time enough for me to go directly to ranger school because it takes time to get orders after you uh, pass pre-ranger school. So I ended up going to JRTC in Fort Polk, Louisiana. And there's another shudder moment for anyone that's ever been to Fort Polk because <laughs> it is, I will, I will refrain from saying, uh, the, I will call it the armpit of the earth there instead of another yeah. uh, choice word, but it's, it's not a fun place to be. Um, but we were there for training. Uh, since, uh, since I had, uh, gone to pre-ranger, so with, they had, uh, started the transition of my unit over from a strictly scout platoon to a scout sniper platoon. So we started to, uh, to build in some of those different unit tactics. So changing over from purely scouts to being scouts and snipers. So we were there in Fort Polk. We did some really cool training and stuff. Uh, we did a mission. We were get together after and we're doing what's called an AAR an after action review. Uh, and lo and behold, the division commander shows up to our after action review. And our division commander at the time was General David Petraeus. <laughs> and uh, after we finished our AAR, uh, General Petraeus uh, had some, you know, some questions for us, just asked us how training was going. And then he, he made a uh, comment and asked who the, um, who the biggest badass in the group was. And my hand immediately shot up because that's how I think of myself. Right. Uh, and he asked me why I hadn't been to ranger school yet. And I replied quickly and I'm... I don't necessarily always speak before, or think before I speak, um, but I said, because you haven't sent me, sir. <laughs> and and he, uh, he acknowledged that, and he thought that was good. That gave him a good chuckle, uh, and then kind of went on his way. Uh, a week or so later, when we got back from uh, JRTC, uh, I was ordered to the command sergeant major of the battalion's office. Um, my team leader went in first before me, um, <laughs> and I, I heard some loud talking. Uh, and then when I was told to enter the room, uh, the sergeant major, major asked me why I was speaking to the division commander and why the division commander was ordering him uh, to send me to ranger school. Interesting. Explained the situation to him. Uh, he, he appreciated uh, my boldness, um, but uh, also instructed me that I'd created a lot of work for him <laughs> because at the time I was only a PFC. So normally most units won't send uh, a soldier to a ranger school unless they're an E4 in a, a leadership position or a sergeant or, or beyond. Uh, because what Ranger School is, for those that don't know, is the Army's premier leadership school. Okay. So it's really leadership training. It's leading under duress. So um, for, for him to be sending a PFC uh, to Ranger School, 
I was kind of jumping in line a little bit, so it's probably going to piss a few people off. And PFC being private first private class. Private first class, so that's an E3. E3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But. But uh, I got my orders to go. Yeah. It, it took, a, took a little bit of time. Got my orders to go. Uh, I joined uh, class 0103, so the first class of the uh, 2003 fiscal year. So the government, for some reason, doesn't like to operate on a calendar year. But um, So I reported uh, to Ranger School guess it was late September of 2002. Uh, went through uh, the initial phase, passed all, you know, you're, you got to do another PT test, you've got to do swim tests, all these things to make sure that they can advance you into actually the other phase, the three phases of training after mm. that. Uh, passed that, started phase one, which is um, which is Darby phase there at Fort Benning, Georgia again. Yeah. Um, red clay, more red clay. More red clay. Um, again, I'm I'm not one who um, who necessarily uh, thinks a lot before I speak, um, and it, I think word got out that there was this young PFC there that was that was a strong voice and a, and a strong leader. Um, so unfortunately, uh, my peers peered me out in my first phase of Ranger School in Darby phase, and what that means is so everyone gets a chance to lead a patrol, and then uh, you, and it's a go or no go. Mm-hmm. So whether you pass it or not. Um, did fine on my patrol, but then at the end of your phase also, your peers kind of rank you on a, on a basis. And the reason that's important is you are learning how to lead under duress, but also to do it in a manner to where you're not wearing out your fellow soldier. Right. Um, again, being young and being full of um, vinegar, confidence, confidence. <laughs> um, you know, I, my people skills weren't up to par yet. I, I think I've done a lot better since then on working on people skills, but... Right. Um, so that recycled me back to the initial phase and I'm actually very thankful for that because, um, I was a little hurt going into ranger school. Um, I'd, I'd hurt an ankle in pre-ranger, uh, that ankle had not done too great through JRTC. So going in with an injury, it was a little struggle. I got, um, an entire two weeks back at the, um, at the ranger headquarters, uh, the ranger school headquarters. And I just did basic tasks of, you know, picking grass or out from buildings, you know, just to, to pass time and was also helping the, the RIs prepare for that next class that was coming in. So class zero, two, zero, three, I was eating three full meals a day. I was getting sleep. And so I was able to recover my body a lot better. And I went into that with a different mindset too, that, okay, I'm, I'm still going to be that strong leader that I am, that vocal leader, but I'm going to temper it back enough. And so, um, did a good job there. Um, made it through, um, Darby phase. I uh, took the the nice trip up to Dahlonega, Georgia, for mountain phase. Um, it rains all the time in Dahlonega, Georgia, <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful. You know, it's it's, it's beautiful country up there. Um, and then because I was airborne qualified when we left Dahlonega, we got I was part of about a third of our class that got the jump into Florida phase. Oh wow! Um, so past Florida phase, um, actually ended up joining meeting up with some other soldiers who uh, were went to basic training. At similar time that I did, they were like a class or two uh, header behind me. Um, so I had a really good team going into Florida um, and passed that and graduated from there in December of 2002. Nice. Yeah. And that's going to lead you to? It's going to lead me to, got to, got to come home, got to go on block leave, right? Yeah. Um, enjoy Christmas with the family there. Uh, and then my welcome back to my unit in January was, hey, guess what? We've got orders to go to Iraq nice. in February. Iraq. So, yeah. so it, we... So uh, those were orders to deploy in support of Operation um, Iraqi Freedom in 2003. 
Okay. Yeah. So um, RI, just to clarify, is ranger instructor. Ranger instructor. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a TI, but for ranger yep. school, for lack of a better way to, to share that information. So um, where'd you end up in Iraq then? So our first uh, stop was, so we, we flew from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, down to, I think it was Atlanta. Uh, we flew commercial. We were on a, a, uh, um, a flight just by ourselves, but we flew, flew United uh, Airlines. Um, when we flew from Atlanta to uh, Germany, we refueled in Germany and then flew to Kuwait City, Kuwait. And then we spent the next month in Camp Pennsylvania, Kuwait. Okay. So um, climate in Iraq is a little bit different than it here is, is in here in Northern Kentucky. So we needed time um, to acclimate to that, that difference. Um, and also the, uh, you know, the leadership was still setting up really what that initial invasion plan was because we were part of the initial invasion force so i think they were still um developing that um so that's uh, that's why our time in camp pennsylvania was a month okay and then uh, after there you end up in then the uh then the order you get the order to to move out um we loaded up into a big giant caravan of of trucks and you know all, all manner of of military vehicle um my scout platoon uh, rode into Iraq or invaded whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. in a canvas Humvee. Please join us next week for part two as Jesse Neek discusses the invasion into Iraq and the troubles, tribulations, and excitement that follows.